Today's scripture comes from Matthew 20, verses 1 through 8. This is the parable of the workers in the vineyard. For in the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in his morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Kylie. And now may the words of my mouth, with the meditations that are received from all of our hearts, be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God and our Creator. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, drive away the chaff that the kernel of behind might truly nourish us and give us peace. Amen. In 2015, Maximilian Potter, he wrote a book, and the book was called Shadows in the Vineyard. And the author told a true story of the vines of Romani County. And these vines are the most famous, the most, they're the finest, the most expensive burgundy in all of France. And one day the owner received an anonymous note and he was threatening the destruction of this world-class vineyard if he did not pay one million euro ransom. And the owner, oh, this can't be true, he thought it was a joke. Sadly, it was not. And so that crime shocked the entire region of France. And such is the power of greed and envy and jealousy and anger. And Jesus warns us of the potential for harm when we react with jealousy and rage and envy to God's graciousness. And yet, Nearly all of us have felt this way at one time or another. The truth is we hate God's generosity and grace when we don't agree with it or we don't think it's fair to us. Now perhaps Jesus saw this, this disposition, the character of his very human disciples, the ones that were traveling with him. But he describes God's kingdom as a very different kind of a place. He said it's a place which all are valued, not for their time, but their intrinsic worth in the eyes of God. So listen to Jesus' story that, that Connie just read to us in Matthew 20 about a vineyard and its workers. We know the vineyard is a common metaphor for God's world and the Gospels. A vineyard is a growing field. Uh, you know, we, we have in, 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 in 
our country, we, we raise crops and, and they, we plant them in the spring and harvest them in the fall. But a vineyard is a growing field in which the grapes are grown for wine. And that was the staple of the Mediterranean. And the purpose of a vineyard is to carefully, you've got to plant and lay out and cultivate the vines. You have to feed them. You have to nurture them so that they will grow into quality plants that yield the very best possible tasting grapes. And if you haven't been around the vineyard, grapevines are notoriously hard to grow. You don't harvest for about five or six years after they've been, they've been planted. The soil has to be just right. It has to be full of potassium and, and it has to be very conducive to, to growing a, a, a vine. And the weather has to be right. The conditions of the vines have to be right. Certain vines will grow in certain areas. You have to be careful of how, you, how the fruit is grown and, and how it's handled. Cultivating excellent grapes takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of love, dedication, loyalty, pruning. And those who work with the vines, they love them as though they are their own family. They take pride in their cultivation. Anyone with a heart for cultivating excellent grapes must learn how to do it. And you have to learn it well and work at it very diligently. And as the vines grow and as they, they flourish, so does the wisdom and the knowledge of the vine dresser. And so when hiring vineyard workers, once one wants to hire those who love to work. They, they want to find somebody that's going to be loyal to the owner. They want somebody that's going to take great pride and joy in nurturing those vines. Someone that's patient. And those who work, well, they're going to be rewarded well. But it's not about seniority. It's about love. It's about devotion. And this is the fact, in fact, one of the key themes of the entire Bible. It's never about what your rank is or how, or how uh, as, as being first in your household. It's not about your place and your genealogy. It's not about your pedigree. It's not about your, your seniority. It's not about your position. It's always about the state of the heart. It's about your loyalty to God. It's about wisdom. It's about character. It's about your state of heart. It, in, in, a, in our world, we are used to the idea of seniority. You know, when we work for a company, we, we expect, uh, you know, raises and, and promotions. And, and it's going to be based primarily on our, on our seniority. And so we create systems of fairness that we believe dole out fair portions of those based on the length of our service and maybe on the amount of our education, maybe the, the level of experience that we have when we, we come to the workplace. And seldom in most companies today do we re receive a salary simply, in, simply based on our investment in our work or our loyalty to the company. 
Those who dole out the raises are based on subjective decision, and they're often resented, or they're called out for favoritism. But yet, the story that Jesus tells about payment in the vineyard workers is based just on that. It's God's favor. God favors all people who are willing to invest in God's vineyard, no matter how long they've worked there, how much seniority that they, they feel they have, or what special status they think they should benefit from, God pays all the very same salary. Today, we would be equally outraged. And yet God's point is this. I am doing you no wrong. I paid you what I said I would. If I choose to pay this man the same as you, what's it to you? Am I not allowed to do with what I choose, with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? Wow. That's kind of a powerful slap in the face. Are you envious because I'm generous? Well, the answer most likely is yes. As a matter of fact, I am. You know, we're kind of, a, of an envious kind of people. We live day to day measuring ourselves against others. We're competing for what we have, and we're making sure that we get what we deserve. But you know, that's not the Christian way. And that is not God's way. God asks us to take those measuring sticks and throw them away. We don't need them. They represent for us not only our obsession with fairness, in our definition, of course, but the truth that we see our worth wrapped up in the favors that are bestowed upon us. Now that's an important thing to pay attention to. Let's say that again. We, we tend to see our self-worth as wrapped up in the favors that are bestowed upon us. When we get a good grade, man, we puff ourselves up. <laughs> we feel good about ourselves. When we get the kudos from our boss, well, we go out and we reward ourselves. Why not? I did good. Mm -hmm. When we feel that God is granting us favors, we feel we are worth more than we were before. Perhaps also more than the person that's sitting beside us. We measure our own worth as a human being based on the favor that's been bestowed upon us. And the problem with this, it's one of the worst lies that we can tell ourselves. Because when our worth is tied up in what others think of us, what others give us, what others pay us, then we begin seeing others' worth tied up in the very same way. And our entire system of judgment, the way we look at others and the way that they 
look at us, we measure others' worth. And it relies upon the way that we understand what worth is. Jesus' vineyard story is the Cain and Abel story all over again. It's the Jonah story all over again. It's the Joseph story all over again. Again and again in the scriptures, we see stories of jealousy and envy and anger and shouts of unfairness in regard to the way that God grants love and favor and mercy upon those that we feel don't deserve it. And we all know how these stories end. It never ends well. And so Jesus in his vineyard story is trying to help his disciples and his colleagues understand that God sees all people as being equally worth God's love and God's favor. And God's grace does not depend upon our systems of justice and fairness. God's grace is something that we should be celebrating not only for ourselves, but for the world around us who receive it also from God. You see, when we don't, trouble ensues. Many of Jesus' parables hearken us back to the book of Isaiah in the Old, in the Old Testament. This one's no different. It says, my beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it. He cleared out the stones. He planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it, and he, he hewed a, out a vine vat in it. Oh, he expected to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. We picked that up from Isaiah, the fifth chapter. You see, when we bicker and we measure ourselves beside our brothers and our sisters, no good can ever come from it. All we're ever going to do is yield wild grapes as we're spending all of our time bickering and complaining and none of our time actually cultivating and growing. So how do we stop this kind of comparison thinking? Well, how about focusing on our relationship with God? Maybe it's our role in God's mission. Maybe it's understanding in the depths of our own hearts that our worth comes from knowing that we are God's cherished child, each one of us. We are no better, we are no greater than any other. But we are all of a great value to God, each and every one of us. When we know that we are loved and we are cherished by God, we don't need to be envious of others and what they receive. We are free to celebrate with our neighbors their good things. We're happy for them. We feel good and happy about God's loving care for them. This is what the kingdom is truly about. Each worker in God's vineyard, knowing his or her sacred worth in the eyes of God, excited, excited about doing God's mission able to celebrate the good gifts of all, of, of all whom God welcomes into the fold. That's you and me. We're able to see all people through the eyes of God, all of them as being good and worthy and beautiful and loved. Now, that is a happy vineyard and one that is going to bear excellent fruit 
in the years to come. Each and every church is a micro vineyard in God's kingdom. So ask yourselves today, are you growing something beautiful for the benefit of God's kingdom? Or is your attitude one of sour grapes? Do you know that we are beloved in the eyes of God? Or, does, or is your own insecurity leading you to judge and to grow envious of others when God shows them favor? Only you can know. And only you can change. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the example that was given to us this morning in our children's time as our young people were learning about sharing and working and being equal with one another. And so today, as we ponder over the scriptures, as we think about our own vineyards, maybe not our physical vineyards, but the vineyards of our church, how are we cultivating it? How are we preparing it? Lord, may the Holy Spirit come into our hearts. May we be glad to work whatever is needed of us. And may we praise you for whatever we receive, but what our neighbor receives as well.